0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself, the best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the O Show podcast. We're presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona, opening up Halloween weekend at the end of October. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale is an inclusive brand. And, of course, you can train like... The man himself, Floyd Money Mayweather, again opening in late October. We're also sponsored by betonline.ag. Sign up for that 50% bonus over at betonline.ag. Make your picks this week. NFL week five. Tom Brady returns to Foxborough uh, this weekend. The Bucks taking on the Pats on Sunday Night Football. So stay tuned for that again. Sign up for that 50% bonus only at betonline.ag. We got a special treat in the house today uh, via satellite. She's in Los Angeles uh katie what's going on
0: hey jack thanks so much for having me i'm excited to be here congratulations on your show so thank I'm you so much to, yeah add a lot of value and have a fun conversation
1: congratulations on your show you're doing a podcast as well right
0: thank you yes uh we had uh three full seasons uh she's all over the place podcast And season four will be launching in January 2022, so I'm really excited about it. It's uh, arts and business and entertainment with ethics, morals, and values with a lot of fun.
1: I mean, it's awesome getting to pick people's brains about their experiences and what they've gone through to get to where they are, you know, especially in your line of work. There's a lot of stressful things. There's a lot of things that go up and down all the time, a lot of planning, a lot of going into it. Uh, You growing up in the Detroit area, correct? Like what what kind of inspired you to want to get into the film industry and acting?
0: Great question. Um, It's so wild because I'm Greek Orthodox Christian. So I'm a poet first and foremost. I love language. I love interaction with People and community. It's just really, really exciting for me. So, um, I grew up listening, um, you know, about Greek mythology and fantasy and play. And so, it really gave me this open mindedness and spirit to go out into the world, to be a seeker like Socrates, a philosopher, and see the world and um, understand culture and food and people. And that really just gave me this whimsical way about me, of who I was, and just like uh, all these colors just excited me through entertainment. And I just, I really, at the bottom of the day, I just really wanted to make other people laugh and feel good. And I'm just very sensitive in that way. And I know what it feels like to, to be sad and what it's not, you know, what it feels to not be laughing and inspired all the time. So I just really wanted to inspire other people.
1: So in that sense, did you want to be a comedic actor at first?
0: So, um, you know, I just remember growing up with a, a broom in my hand, and we had these, it was on like a VHS tape back in the day, and I, I was like rocking and rolling to all the um, all this like 80s music, and I was utilizing my voice. I didn't know if it was for entertainment, to be a singer, to be a, a positive role model. I just knew like I had this powerful voice, and I like to express, and I like that giggly feeling, so I didn't necessarily think stand-up comedy, improv, or comedy. I didn't know that language when I was a child, but I just know I wanted to make other people feel good, and so through the arts and and have that transfer of energy. So whatever that would be as a as an artist, as a creator.
1: Wow, yeah, that, you just proved it right there, deep and kind of a phys- you know philosophical, I should say, you know. It, Did you get that, you know, not only from your passion, but like, what were your parents like growing up? Were they anything like you?
0: My mom was a singer. She has a beautiful voice. So she would always sing and we would go to church 45 minutes away Because we're Greek Orthodox Christians. So we have the um, old calendar, like very traditional. So, you know, we would listen to Casey Kasem, and we still do. (laughs) Uh, And um, my mom would be singing these oldies. And so I would hear melodies and harmonies and feel good music when the language was about love and connecting and my girl, you know, and all these like beautiful word plays, you know, of of human interaction. So I think within the depths of my soul, I was in my circumstances around Motown and then um, also with our Greek traditional roots and my Yaya and Papu came from Greece. My Yaya, who's 92 years old, who I'm named after, she's my bestest friend in the world. She would ride 10 hours or 10 miles, 10 hours, 10 miles in the morning and then 10 miles back on a donkey to pick blueberries for her work. Wow. So, they come from very humble beginnings. And my kid, my, my parents in America were kids having kids. They were 18 and 19 having my sister, Anna, and myself. And I mean, I couldn't imagine having two kids when I was a teenager. And so they worked the traditional, you know, full-time, 40 hours a week, and then came home and provided dinner. And we had family meals every single night. And that was the system and routine. And when we went to school when, when we came home, we had this space of independence. So through that space of independence, I was able to, um, you know, do whatever my heart called to and my desire. So it could be poetry, Greek mythology. Um, you know, so we were raised very independent and with this discipline to, if you want something, go for it. And so my being Greek as a child, my motto was just do it. Nike to win. It's a Greek rooted word. Victorious people. Nikki to win. So um, that was just I was like all or nothing. And that was just my go to action.
1: Wow, so you, you figured that out pretty quickly, but at the same time, you know, you got to battle adversity, you know, battle some of the struggles, not only getting into it, but at the same time, getting certain roles, getting certain jobs. Uh, what, what were some of those early on, even in today's uh, realm, like, what were some of those adversities that you had to battle uh, in your career?
0: Oh, I mean, there's so many. I mean, I just shot a music video yesterday, that's why I have Dreamland on, and my friend uh, Lewis. He, uh, you know, wrote this on me yesterday and I shot a music video and, you know, um, I acted in it, music I created, I produced and directed it and we're putting it into film festivals and I have hair and makeup and locations and artists and talent. And as a producer, I'm just always putting fires out. So I'm just the process of elimination, understanding short term, medium term and long term goals and having the insight to um, you know, be communicative and understand other people's emotional needs. Feed the people, make sure they're hydrated. Water, basic needs. When people want to show up and they have that enthusiasm and that power of excitement to create those are the people I want to surround myself with and if they're making excuses or gossiping or talking like I do a process of elimination I get rid of that lower vibrational small-minded thinking and I want people who don't know everything who are so right but more people who are really excited and inspired and open and willing to learn I had coaches growing up my dad was my number one co- coach he ran cross-country he turned me on to cross-country running and that's where I learned about short-term, medium-term, long-term goals. And what I do as a collective, as a team, you know, affects the whole. Like what I do as an individual affects the whole. So cross-country is a team sport, but it's an individual sport too. And I apply that to the game of life.
1: That's interesting. And you learn that from your own experiences, you know, like being on set, dealing with producers, dealing with directors who didn't necessarily have that same mindset you could say like there's a lot of great ones out there that i'm sure you've worked with but at the same time like you having the mentality of being a producer making sure people are fed making sure they're taken care of so mentally they're ready to go like in their best format possible like you knew that probably from bad experiences that you had
0: Oh, yeah. When I'm on a set where it's a $100 million budget or $30 million budget, $1 million budget, or a set where there's no budget, if you tend to people's basic needs, it's super important. And then when you're on a SAG union project for a commercial TV show or a network, everyone has families and jobs to go home to. You need to show up to the set, and when you're clocked in, you need to be there on time Um, you know, before your call time and be prepared and be in it to win it with a positive mental attitude and everyone goes through things, but handling in a professional way, you know, and showing up to the mat every time, understanding we're human beings. But instead of, you know, going to a union set and you're just like, like, no, it's the wrong kind of attention. It's 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 a wasted kind of energy. I'd rather just show up with a book, show up being silent. And I learned through experience because I was just excited when I was a kid going to set. And I wanted to, like, help the makeup artist and help this person and help this department. But they don't like it. Like, you're there to act. Do your job. or there to model. Do your job and leave. Like, if they ask your opinion, like, do you like this color or this color? I'd be like, oh, I like both. Or I do like this color or this color. But don't go and try to do other people's jobs because then it makes them feel insecure. It makes them feel belittled. It's like you're crossing over a boundary and a line. Like Everyone is showing up to do their job and we're all doing our part. And it's a collective. And I had to learn that the hard way because I was excitedly wanting to help and do it all. But also I had to learn about trust and confidence and being a team player. And even though I can do it all, doesn't mean I have to do it all. And like I was saying, you know, before we jumped on recording, I admire you and your team because, you know, that you have a whole team that you're doing it with. It's just, it makes it more fun and it's it's better to to have those qualities through life, you know?
1: You hear that, guys? They love getting shout-outs, by the way. Uh, um, but, yeah, that, that, that's so true because... Like in most of the stuff you've done, whether it be big roles, you know, extra roles, background roles, whatever you're doing, like you have to be a team player. You know, like other people, you you have to tell them what to do sometimes. Like everybody's got to be on the same page, but at the same time, if you take them out of their element, you know, if they're in the pocket and you lose them, like that's it. Like they lose, not they don't lose their confidence, but like you said, they, you know, they just, aren't in the same mindset as they were in, in some of the stuff that you've played, because you got a very impressive resume, you know, mm-hmm. uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. You had, you had stuff there. I mean, doing scenes with De Niro and Al Pacino is legendary in its own right. Mm-hmm. What what movie did you do uh, scenes with them? The film's
0: called righteous kill with De Niro yeah. Pacino. And then um, Nicholas Cage, I played in yeah. a film, uh, Werner Herzog, He's one of the top 35 filmmakers in the world. He actually hand-selected me and called me and offered me the role. He wanted to offer me personally. And I was on another film in Shreveport, Louisiana, with Sharon Stone and 50 Cent and Val Kilmer doing Streets of Blood. Um, but I did uh with Werner Herzog and Nicolas Cage, the Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, that's that again, it's very impressive and probably a, a wide variety and a wide array of different personalities you're dealing with too. Uh, who's the most, it's kind of a standard question, but like who's the most difficult person you ever worked with? Not to name drop, but kind of.
0: Hmm. I want to point the finger and probably say myself. You know, I, well, there I you would go. probably That's get... a
1: safe answer.
0: I mean, it's not only safe, but it's, it's what naturally comes up because so many times along the way, I've gotten in the way of my own self and not knowing it through self-sabotage. So that was probably the biggest lesson I had to learn knowing when to get out of my own way. But I mean, if you want a juicy one, I could definitely think of someone who is difficult to work with. Huh? Hmm. Well, okay. She doesn't know this. <laughs> she doesn't know this. And I didn't, I worked with her, but I didn't directly work with her. I was actually a model in a fashion show, so it wasn't acting, but I was doing a modeling um, fashion show in Los Angeles one time, and Steph, um, Stephanie Seymour was uh, in the show, and I was just a newbie getting started, and she's not Stephanie Seymour. Oh, my God. No, not Stephanie Seymour. She's amazing. It was not Stephanie Seymour. Oh, who is this woman? Oh, I, don't, I can't even think of her name. It's not Stephanie Seymour. Stephanie Seymour is flawless. Um, Oh, what's her name? I can't even think of her name. Darn it. I can't can't think of her name. It was this model I was working with, and she doesn't even know, but um, she was on the other side of the room, but there was, like, this amateur hair person, like, doing my hair. And this woman, I I can't think of her name, but she – um, was on the phone and she starts like being very loud and so the the woman the woman doing my hair turned around like this and with an iron, she- I had a huge circle a huge circle and it was a it was a burn mark and because she took the iron and went like this and I was just so upset because um, I was burnt my whole face I mean it's my face and it went away and there's no scar or anything but. Um, that happened like early on in my career, and I was just so really upset about it. And it was um, it was indirectly because of you know her, and she she doesn't even she doesn't even know to this day that that happened. But um, yeah, that was kind of really upsetting one time.
1: Have you ever did that answer,
0: did that answer your question?
1: <laughs> Definitely did. Did you ever have anybody give you um, constructive criticism? I guess is what the kids call it today um, on set. And did it, like we were talking about earlier? Like, you mess with someone's rhythm, it could really set them off on set. Have you ever had any of those experiences? To where, again, like you, I, I know you talk about mental health a lot as well, you know, dealing with outside um, constructive criticism, but at the same time, knowing who you are inside and kind of channeling that and bringing it all together on screen.
0: Yeah, uh, one that comes up again, it's uh, it was uh, Earlier on in my career, it was uh, my agent, actually, who gave me the constructive oh, wow. criticism. And um, what happened was, there was four models hired for this TV show. And we went and we all had to follow suit. And probably my egoic mind was much bigger than the project at hand. We were modeling some you know, fashion looks. And the other three models, they were older than me, They had probably more working experience than me, and all three of them went back and complained to my agent because I didn't fit in like them, and so I got this constructive criticism from my agent because I wasn't like the other girls, and I'm just like, I've never been kind of catty in that kind of way, so... I don't think that agent ever booked me on that kind of job again. I definitely didn't work on that show again. I definitely never saw those girls again, but I'm not cookie cutter in that way. And that's totally fine. Um, But it taught me a lesson of just like showing up. And I've heard this multiple times, just show up, do your job and leave. And sometimes when people are interacting and talking, you think it's a gateway to like open up, but I open up a lot. So Um, more than most people so I have to be mindful to maybe and I don't want to do that feel like I have to be restricted in how much I open up it's almost better just to like have a book Um, I don't want to say be silent because you want to be there like you're having a good time but just remember it's a job and just be like polite and cordial and just don't get too in depth when you're like on a professional set because like I said there's so many other factors happening on set so You know, we have to be mindful. I guess it could lead me back to maybe the shoot I was on yesterday, too, when you hire someone who's an amateur and they're just, like, talking, talking, talking. It's, like, it's too much. Like, just go there, do your job, be an observer, and just be more quiet and just listen and learn and absorb and just be in gratitude that you're there and just, you know, do the work, do great work, and then leave so you get called back.
1: When you were on set with uh, De Niro and Pacino, was that very, like, You had to be disciplined, like you weren't going to say anything that was going to set anybody off?
0: Oh, 1,000%. On that set, you came in, you did your rehearsal, you know your marks, your takes, the cinematographer, everyone's the crew, everyone's doing their thing, the script supervisor's there. You're you're doing your work, and then everyone dismantles and goes in their own way. It's just like you do your work wow. and you you leave.
1: Yeah. Were there more sets that were more fun as opposed to others? Like I feel like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That had to be a fun set to be on.
0: Oh, that set was so much fun because it's scripted, but the guys, the trio, they gave free reign for us to ad lib and add buttons. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. call it in, in comedy. And so to enhance the energy and the esteem that happens in the moment. So you're really acting and you're, you're playfully acting, but you didn't know if you were literally like on set taping or if you're just like in the trailer, like chilling, talking, hanging out, or, you know, offset, like just talk. It's like, it was the same thing. It it just felt so natural, which was very cool. I personally love comedy and my goals um, right now is to be a household name on TV and in film and in um, animation voiceovers because I do voiceovers every day, which I love. So um, these are my goals. Um, they're fun, you know. I can do the dramatic roles, which I will, but I definitely love, you know, doing character building through voices and comedy.
1: So, do you like doing anime as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah. What, definitely. What's the character that you know you'd like to play through anime? So I feel like it's, uh-huh. it's a totally different element. You know, like you're actually having to do voiceovers and actually bring out this character that people aren't, you know, seeing through you, but through a character.
0: Well, those characters really, it's, um, they're in Japanese and I'm just doing the English dub version wow. of them. So they're not really ongoing characters. It's more of a a one-off, the projects I've gone out for. Not They haven't been recurring for video games. It's been... Yeah, more of like dubbing the English version of them.
1: Well, that's got to be easier because you don't necessarily have to, you know, like act out the part, you know, because you're just, you know, the voiceover is just coming over in the English version. Well, you oh, act right. out
0: the part. Everything's the craft of acting, so you actually yeah. have to have the physicality and be able to get underneath the bones of the character. But the the cool thing is, there's an iPad right in front of me, so I it's it's easier on my mind, so I don't have to me- memorize like all of the language, and I can just like you're not reading it, but it's on the screen, so I can you know grab it off the page, but you know put put some life to it. You definitely have to be very interactive with. With with the character,
1: how how uh, quick or slow are you in developing some of these skills, you know, as an actress, um, you know, dating back to the time you did your first ever short film, all the way up to now. Like when you look back, like how quick or slow did you kind of develop like okay this is my personality this is the role i have to play and like looking back at some of the things you're probably like that was awful but you know everybody does that everybody looks back at some other past early on stuff and think that really sucked
0: you know honestly i just have a natural ability uh i i have this thing where it's like anything i touch turns to gold and i i i hit it on the first time all the directors i work with when they need something and want something, I I'm a one thousand percent girl. Like I mentioned, like just do it, just do it, like all or nothing. So when I go for it, I go for it. So when I take a when I take a shot with photography, when I'm a cinematographer and I'm shooting something, when I'm acting and we're trying, we need to get the scene a take or something, I normally get it on the first take. I'm just like a, I'm like a bullseye. I'm just like, boom, the target. I just, I get it. So um, it's really great because I'm so open. My vessel is so open as an artist, as a human being, that I can explore vulnerability and emotions, whether it be the joyous of the joy comedy or it's the darkest of the low sorrow. I'm able just to go there, um, even if I fully don't understand what that is. I allow my space to explore to go there, especially if it's um, scary. And that's, you know, true bravery and courage. And that's why, you know, a lot of people like watching things on TV because it's like, oh, my God, that actor did that thing. I could never do that. Right. But we could if we just got out of our own way and got out of our own mind, we probably could go there and be that vulnerable because our emotions are so powerful.
1: How often do you write your own stuff? Because, again, like, you have the mindset to, I feel like, develop certain characters in your head that you'd want to play. And, like, would you pitch any of them to certain writers?
0: Well, what you just said is super important to have a team. So I have a... Uh, Red Egg that I did into a short film through SAG. I did um, Trigger Flaws. It's a web series. It's scripted uh, the pilot and um, the second episode. We did a project called Green Beans. My two partners, they wrote it. I came up with the concept and the vision. Uh, Couples Therapy that we did during the lockdown. Couples Therapy lockdown series. Um, We were putting out all this energy. And what you just said, it's like how... I was thinking, I'm like, how can it be reciprocal? Like, I'm putting all this great content out there. How can it be reciprocal? And during the pandemic, I thought, I created in March 2020, we shot season one, two, and three. Season one and two uh, is available on the Sophisticated Psychos uh, YouTube channel called Couples Therapy, uh, improv comedy web series. I thought, let me put it in the film festival circuit. So I did my research, and then we put it into the film festival circuit, and we've won... 27 um, best web series award so far. I won best director for four, best actor for four. So then we can get it out there internationally. So directors, producers, financiers, people see it and want to put money into it, sponsor it, and put it onto a network, um, things like that. So season three is being released before the end of the year, and then we already have slated to shoot season four and season five. So that's couples therapy, and then I'm incorporating it now with the podcast, kind of like um, Selena Gomez's project with Steve Martin and, um, 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 oh, I love them. They're so good. Martin short. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really important, you know, for it to be reciprocal and for sponsors to come on and investors to come on. And that's been a journey of mine to, you know, say, Hey, like, um, sponsor this, uh, give us funding for this and now I already have a body of work and they can see my accolades and my consistency in the development of who I am and what I do and the, the quality of the people I bring on to get it done in a, um, a short amount of time that's the you know in the one percent level where it's high co- content quality for low fees to build that trusted source for people to be able to support finance and invest into, you know, what I've been birthing and creating, you know, it, it, takes, um, you know, proof in the pudding, your ethics, your morals, your values, it takes time and consistency and, and a team to be able to make all those things happen.
1: Right. Cause you could have a great product. And at the same time you don't have the right partners that not only, you know, you talk about the funding, but at the same time, believe in what you're trying to put out there. How, how difficult was it, you know, in the early years, Again, even in most recent years, it could have been you know finding certain partnerships for people to you know fund what you're doing because again, like you could have something on the table that's great, you know, like you're really passionate about it and you want it to work, but at the same time, it just didn't work out.
0: It's 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 so difficult. It is so difficult, and it's still so difficult. It's still difficult. I mean, I'm not. I mean, with with getting started in the beginning and being around success is measured, but, you know, find around people who have billions and multi-millions of dollars and then even to raise capital as a producer since I was a child, you know, in trying to get a lot of men, you know, to, you know, I would look to men when I was younger to think that they're going to invest in my dreams and in and, and what I was doing. And I was, you know, wanting them to sponsor and be a part of what I was doing. And they saw I was such a good person, but it, it was... It's like I felt like I wasn't taken seriously as a businesswoman. They were just wanting to date me or, you know, or they'd be like, oh, pretty little Katie, Katie, the connector, like, oh, call me up when they need something. Let let me introduce people to people. And I do that energetically because it feels good. But then, oh, but not saying Let's give her 5% for, you know, doing the initial connection. We've gone, you know, in our fourth year, we're in Saks Fifth Avenue. We broke a billion dollars. But um, how did this all start? Because I, Katie, um, you know, connected me with these people. No, people people don't do that. And I didn't have a one-page agreement as a consultant saying, Hey, 5% gross or 5% net, like I'm going to take for X amount of years and have a contract deal, you know, um, for people to maybe invest. And so that's just like one example of, of one thing where I help other people make money. Like I said, anything I touch turns the gold, I introduce a lot of people, but I'll, I'll before, not now I would leave myself out of the equation my personal resistance is my personal need. We all have a resistance. We all have resistances and insecurities. It's a part of our um, genetic codes. And mine is personal need. I would be able to take care of you and take care of everyone, but then leave myself out for some reason, feeling like it was selfish. Or I would feel shameful or guilty in a way. I let my emotions get in the way of myself, which I'm not doing anymore and I'm aware, but I had to some reason grow through that, go through that. And I can take all that. It's not because I can apply it to my craft as an actor. I can put it into my work. I can say these are my losses, but I can learn from them. Right. There's a famous quote. It's like, you want to see a successful um, person, see how many times they failed. So I'm open Mm -hmm. to share and discuss those things and be totally honest. And it doesn't all make sense, but that's life. Everything happens every which way for different people. There's no two stories alike. Everyone has a different story. That's why one of the reasons why I'm here on your show and i have my podcast to be raw and real with people about how it may look you know and if it's like people want to judge me for it well hey i'm in this thing called the game of life and i'm learning as i go you know and we all have our insecurities and our our shortcomings but we can hold hands and not judge one another and learn and grow through those things
1: so what's your advice to you know young athletes actresses out there. and This will be the last thing I ask you. I don't want to take too much of your time as we come towards the end of the segment here uh, about, you know, not only making it in the industry, because again, like the foundation is your passion and drive to get to the point where you are a great actor, or a great actress, you know, pursuing a certain role. But at the same time, like you've mentioned, when it comes to the finance side of it, the business side of it, uh, what's your advice, you know, going through the, some of the experiences that you went through, uh, stuff that you wouldn't want, you know, young aspiring actresses to go through themselves?
0: Great question. Great question. The number one thing I would say is invest in yourself. I wanted so many other people. The one thing I wanted so much with all my creativity, I wanted other people to invest in me financially. And I did invest in myself with my time and my care, my craft of acting and talent and networking and nurturing. But it's, there's four quadrants, there's all aspects. And I wasn't financially investing in myself. I was scared to, because I even heard, of course you want other people to invest in you. And I even heard like the most successful quote unquote financial successful people find other investors. They don't use their own money. But there's reward in that risk when you actually financially invest in yourself. And when I started taking that from so outside of myself for so many years and I started investing in myself financially, everything started to flourish. All. All of the trains on the train tracks left the station and they all had a life of their own. And it's been so blissful and so wonderful and to have growth. And now since I took the initial step and I invested in myself financially, now I'm able to confidently have sponsors and have other people invest in me because I invested in myself first and foremost.
1: Well, that's awesome to hear, Katie. And thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, we're going to have to do this again sometime. So much more that I'd love to talk to you about um, at some other time. we got to wrap up the segment, though, today. Again, this was another edition of The O Show, presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. They're opening up in October. Again, Katie, thank you so much. Zach, hit your clothes, man.